Hello, my friends. Grace and peace to you. You are listening to the Symposiast Podcast. My name is Alex Portillo, and I am a fellow pilgrim haunted by God. This is a podcast for those who, like me, want to believe in God, but find it hard to believe. It is for those who doubt, yet are still filled with wonder. Through compelling discussion and music, we go beyond conventional faith and search for our own. So recline, pour yourself a drink. Welcome to the Symposiast Podcast. Busy. I'm not arguing the accuracy of the adjective. I am, though, contesting the way in which it is used to flatter and express sympathy. But the word busy is the symptom not of commitment, but of betrayal. It is not devotion, but defection. The adjective busy set as a modifier should sound to our ears like adulterous to characterize a spouse, or embezzling to describe a banker. It is an outrageous scandal, a blasphemous affront. I become busy for two reasons. Both reasons are ignoble. I'm busy because I am vain. I want to appear important, significant. What better way than to be busy? The incredible hours, the crowded schedule, and the heavy demands of my time are proof to myself and to all who will notice that I am important. If I go into a doctor's office and find there's no one waiting and see through a half-open door the doctor reading a book, I wonder if he's any good. A good doctor will have people lined up waiting to see him. A good doctor will not have time to read a book, even if it's a very good book. Although I grumble about waiting my turn in a busy doctor's office, I'm also impressed with his importance. Such experiences affect me. I live in a society in which crowded schedules and harassed conditions are evidence of importance. I want to be important, so I develop a crowded schedule and harassed conditions. When others notice, they acknowledge my significance and my vanity is fed. The busier I am, the more important I am. The other reason I become busy is that I am lazy. I indolently let other people decide what I will do instead of resolutely deciding myself. I let people who do not understand my work write the agenda for my day's work because I'm too slipshod to write it myself. But these people don't know what I am supposed to do. But if I vainly crowd my day with conspicuous activity or let others fill my day with imperious demands, I don't have time to do my proper work, the work to which I have been called. How can I lead people into the quiet place beside the still waters if I am in perpetual motion? How can I convincingly persuade a person to live by faith and not by works if I have to constantly juggle my schedule to make everything fit into place? God speaks, and I don't hear it, because I'm busy. That was a reading from one of my favorite authors who just recently passed away, Eugene Peterson. If you're interested in reading the rest of that transcript, you can just go to my website, port-7.com, and you're going to have to spell that out. Uh, it's not just a number. You're going to have to spell it out. 
And there you'll find a full list of citations and references for everything that is said in today's episode. And you'll also find there my blog and other resources that I provide for you. Today, I have for you guys a story from the Bible. And it is found in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus. And it's one of my favorite stories. And it's the story of a shepherd named Moses. And I'm going to read the passage here for you, and then we'll get right into it. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. He came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flame of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn up. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the story, the context needs no explanation. You know exactly what's going on. Uh, But for those who have never heard this story before, just a little background of what's going on. Moses is a Israelite. The Israelites are the people of God in the Bible. And at the beginning of the book of Exodus, The people are in Egypt, and they have been slaves for 400 years. And the Pharaoh makes this edict for all the children to be killed. And Moses' parents put him in this little basket. He survives, and he is found by an Egyptian, and he grows up as Egyptian royalty. When he got older... He discovered that he wasn't an Egyptian, but that he was a Jew. He was he came from the slaves. And after witnessing an Egyptian kill one of his own people, he killed the Egyptian. And then he ran away from Egypt and went into exile into the land of Midian. And that's where we find ourselves in the story where Moses is now a shepherd and he is in the wilderness. He's in the desert. And God is about to speak to him from within a bush that he sees on top of a mountain. This story is customarily offered as a miracle that God performed to get Moses' attention. But this fails to explain why God, who could split the Red Sea, fashion pillars of fire, and make the sun stand still, would resort to something so trivial and undramatic to attract Moses' attention. A bush that burns without being consumed for God is a, at least to me, it seems like a cheap trick. And you've probably never thought about this. And for you guys who know the story, you're probably thinking to yourself, man, Alex, you're way overthinking this. But You know, these are the kind of questions that I ask when I read these kind of stories because they help me engage with the story. It was this kind of question that made me see the wisdom inside of this story. And it came to me over the summer as a few friends and I were starting a campfire. I mean, I want to ask you a question here, just just something to think about. How long would you have to watch wood burn before you could know whether or not it was actually being consumed? I mean, think about that. How long would you have to look at wood 
before you knew whether or not it was being consumed. For anyone who has ever started a fire, you know that wood, no matter how dense, takes several minutes before it can become consumed. If you start a fire, the flame will start, it'll burn, it'll be big, maybe for 30 seconds. But if the wood hasn't caught fire, then it'll die out. So whenever you're watching a fire, you need to keep looking at it. You need to keep feeding it and feeding it until the wood catches fire. But that would take several minutes. You'd have to be looking at several minutes before you can be sure that the wood is being consumed. And Moses right now is looking at a bush. Even with the thin branches of the bush, it would still take several minutes before noticing that the bush is not being consumed. But, I mean, think about it. Moses is in the valley and the bush is on top of a mountain. Moses is not close to this bush. So if it already takes a while observing a fire to know whether something is being consumed, how much longer would it take Moses, who is in the valley, to notice whether that bush that's on top of the mountain is being consumed or not? Like this would mean that Moses would have had to watch the bush closely for several minutes before he could possibly even know that there was a miracle to watch. He would have had to watch this thing closely for a while to notice that the bush wasn't being consumed. But let's also consider where Moses is. He's in the wilderness. He is in the desert. And in dry places like deserts, fires happen all the time. A few years ago, my wife and I, we made a trip to the Grand Canyon and we took historic route 66. And as we were driving every few miles in the distance, we would see fires. There would be trees, small little shrubs, little bushes. Sometimes it'd be like a little patch of on the ground that was on fire. And as we approached the Grand Canyon, there was acres of trees that were burnt down. And it seemed to bother nobody. And why? Because the Grand Canyon, Route 66, it's a dry and arid place. It's a desert. And it is common that in places like that, things catch fire. It's no strange event for lightning to strike a tree or a bush to be set aflame. There's nothing special. There is nothing great. There's nothing amazing. And there's nothing uncommon about a bush that is on fire in the desert. And this story calls this event an amazing sight. But before Moses could realize that it was an amazing sight. It was a mundane sight. It was as common as they came. 
Because you see, it wasn't amazing until he paused. It wasn't amazing until he stood still long enough to stare at the normal, the casual, the usual, the mundane. Had he not stood still and watched this common sight for several minutes, he would have never noticed that indeed it was an amazing sight. The burning bush was not a miracle. It was a test. God wanted to find out whether or not Moses could pay attention to something for more than just a few minutes. When Moses did, that is when God spoke. You see, there are amazing sights all around us in the normal moments that are ever before us. And our biggest problem is our inability to be present. You are here right now, but your mind is probably somewhere else. You are with your children, but your mind is off thinking about the bills. You're hanging out with your friends, but you are on your phone. You're spending time with your spouse, but instead your mind is off thinking about work. You are staring at a starry sky, watching the sunset, the sunrise, watching the clouds, but your mind is somewhere else. There is an ancient rabbi that observed that God's words to Moses in Exodus chapter 24 verse 12 are redundant. God says to Moses, and the Hebrew literally translates it to, come up to me into the mount and be there. If Moses was going to climb the mountain, where else would he be? Why would God bother to specify that he be there? And I just love the answer that he suggests. He says that many people expend great energy in climbing mountains. But once they get there, they are somewhere else. There are amazing sights all around us in the normal moments that are ever before us. And our biggest problem is our inability to be present. And it's important to notice that it is after Moses stopped. It is after Moses stood still. It is after Moses paid attention to something normal, something that was mundane. It is then 
that God spoke. It is when Moses became present that God spoke. And I think that we all have burning bushes in our lives. Those things that are common, those things that are always there, so much so that we begin to take them for granted. Like the laughter of our child, the presence of a friend, the rain outside. As Rabbi Kushner comments on this story, he says that the trick is to pay attention to what is going on around you long enough to behold the miracle without falling asleep. There is another world right here within this one whenever we pay attention. Stop. Be still. And look for several minutes. Become present. Slow down. You're too busy. And see that the bush is not being consumed. That this normal moment is greater than you thought. And it is then after you stand still that you will hear God's voice be still you're too busy pay attention be present Thank you for reclining with us for another episode of the Symposius Podcast. If you're interested in reading more about today's episode, you can go to our website, port7.com, port-7.com, and you can just click on the Symposius Podcast tab on the top right corner, and there you'll find a full listing of all our episodes. And while you're there, you might as well check out my blog. I write weekly on related topics to the show. Also, follow us on Instagram at The Simple Pod. Let us know how we can improve, what we can do better, or if there's any topics that you'd like us to discuss on the show. But most importantly, subscribe or leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really supports us and helps us continue the work that we're doing. Grace and peace to you, my friends. <laughs>